Popculture Pastor. Cody, I too wish I would have had a Rebecca in my life to tell me, get out of your own way, man. Because this whole woe is me thing you've got going on is just ponderous. And I don't even know what ponderous means, but there's a point in my life where I probably needed to hear that. Um, Rebecca's like yelled at everyone this season. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it, is it weird? I felt like, okay. So, uh, just right off the bat, this episode, I feel like several of the characters do things out of character. You don't notice it much. Like, look, every TV show has this. They do something to serve the plot instead of do something consistent with their character. And these episodes, which we'll get into, are the most dangerous chances of that, where you want to say something. And so I get that. I'm not here to, like, just totally stomp on that. Uh, but I do want to talk about it. Um, but is this in character for Rebecca, or is she just moving the plot along, this kind of roughness with Roy? Well, I feel this season it's in character. Yeah. She's been more empowered and emboldened. And like she's yelled at Ted, um, she's yelled at Leslie, yeah. she's yelled at Roy now, <laughs> so she's yelling and like she spoke up about Jack when no one else had the heart to, so yeah. Well, let's just get into the main, uh, the main thing, because since the moment we found out that Colin was gay. You knew this episode was happening. This episode was going to happen. Something along these lines. Yes. And I was really curious to see how Ted Lasso was going to handle it. Because Hollywood as a whole, especially on dramatic or dramedy type TV series, they don't generally handle this real well, in my opinion. Because, and I'm going to tell you why, it has nothing to do with the topic or the subject matter. Um, usually it's because they don't, the people don't act like real people. Yeah. They don't act like real people. Um, you're, you're trying to make a statement. Usually the writers like, uh, are trying to make a statement about some sort of hot button issue and whoever's dealing with the hot button issue doesn't resemble a human being either. And I don't know that Colin does, and I'll get to that, you know, here in a, in a, in a few minutes, but we knew this episode was going to happen. And it happens. And just before we get into it, I want to I want to let you say your thing. Like, do you think that Ted Lasso handles this well? Like, what was your overall feeling? Um, I actually liked this episode, so I I think they handled it very well. Um, and I I think that for me, Colin does seem like a real person. Um, just because. Like, so, I mean, there's several types of people out in the world. Some that want you to know everything about them and be all up in your grill about it. And then there's some that are more quiet and reserved. Um, I mean, there's several athletes that, like, I know nothing about them because they don't really overshare. Yeah. I, their their private life's private, and so for Colin, he wants his private life to be private. 
Um, but he also doesn't want to lose the camaraderie that he has with his teammates. Yeah. Um, I, I use bad wordage there because he does resemble a real person. What I meant, what, what I'm more like wanted to say was in this situation, dealing with this subject in particular, um, they usually make the person in question that the character in question to have not really any flaws. It's the old Mary Sue mm-hmm. um, argument where anytime you you have a character who's dealing with whether they're in some sort of um, what do we, do we want to call it minority position? Yeah. Yeah. Mary Sue t- is a term that comes up for the girl hero who has no flaws. Think Ray, like Ray, in the Star Wars movies, was accused of being a Mary Sue because she doesn't really have any weaknesses or flaws. Now, think of Luke, who has tons of flaws. Literally, when we first see him with the lightsaber, he nearly <laughs> lightsabers his eye out. Yeah, and Ray doesn't really have any of that. That's kind of what I'm talking about. And if I'm if I'm being honest, I think Colin has a little bit of that. He doesn't have any missteps in the way he handles people in this episode, right? Like, you expect in this sort of tense... Uh, this sort of tension between people who have a relationship with each other, who care about each other, like he would be emotional or make a mistake too, but he doesn't really do that. He's, he's good. He's great in this, in this episode. Um, I mean, he kind of admits that he mishandled it from the beginning yeah. by the end of the episode, but like it, it's justifiably, yeah, you have to get there. And I think the episode does. I actually enjoyed this episode too. And I but I think it's more because of the overall and the the charm of Ted Lasso. Not the character, but the show. The the show has a charm. Um let let me let me point out a couple characters specifically that I feel like do something out of character. Um at the beginning, when Colin approaches Trent and says and wants to talk to him, Isaac's having trouble with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent says something that I believe is out of character for Trent and that I vehemently disagree with. He, he may just need a couple minutes. He doesn't, he shouldn't need them. Trent says this. That's crap. <laughs> That's just junk. Like, listen, we want to be able to process our feelings when someone we look like the last episode was all about this. Like, can we love people effectively who make choices we wouldn't make it's not even about right and wrong it's just about what choices we wouldn't make right and and isaac look well we'll get to isaac so i if i'm going to be contrarian for contrarian sake well uh, i'd rather you just be how you feel about it like um, if, you, if you think so like it wasn't that big of a deal to me but like I can see him saying it just in regard to the fact that they've been teammates for multiple seasons and they had a friendship that was pretty strong up until this moment. But doesn't that lend itself to the idea of, yeah, he may need some, he may need a little bit to process the feelings he's having. So I also don't know if Trent meant like, like if he's thinking about, um, how Isaac is processing uh, Colin uh, coming out of the closet or if um, he's fully aware of what 
Isaac's actually going through. Because I think if Trent was aware of why Isaac's being Isaac in this episode, mm-hmm. um, which the whole team doesn't know and Colin doesn't know until the very end, that, like, oh, this makes sense why he would actually need time. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it wasn't, it was a throwaway line for me. It didn't stick. Yeah, well, right. It doesn't, it seemed like it was inserted in there because a writer got saucy. That's what I'm trying to get at. Mm. He's trying to, so for just a moment, it seems like Trent's character goes outside of his character to say this little throwaway line that doesn't mean anything and doesn't really fit and doesn't make sense because the writer wanted to say something. That's what I'm saying. Otherwise, I can see it as kind of a way to empathize that you like go far out on the limb and say, oh, you need all the support and like, yeah, people should have already dealt with this stuff long ago. Yeah. And, and yeah, whatever it is, I, that's why I feel like it doesn't fit because we have to sit here and act. If once we get to the point of like, well, what do you think he means? Then the line missed. It was a miss. Um, furthermore, if it's, if it's meant like it's delivered, like I first took it, which is, Oh, Isaac shouldn't need time to deal with his feelings about your choices. Well, the very next scene tells us why, yes, in fact, he does. We see Isaac operating out of his feelings, and it doesn't go well. Word. This is, which is exactly my point. Like, we're not even talking about what I think is right and wrong. Cody makes choices that I wouldn't make. (sighs) I make choices that Cody wouldn't make. And my only hope as a friend is that Cody would, um, if I upset him, if I make you upset by some choice I make, not even approaching right and wrong. I just, um, my hope as a friend was that you would take the time necessary to not act out of your feelings. And if you did, we could talk about it at the point when you, when you got through your feelings yeah, and go back to being friends, which is what happens. Now, let's talk about Isaac, because I have a problem with that, too. Okay. Okay, so his behavior makes him look like a homophobe. Yes. So, literally, Leah's watching this with me, um, and she is like, why does he hate Colin so much? He won't touch his hand! And I'm like... There's more to this than what we are privy to right now because, like, this doesn't make sense. No, and yeah, and that's my point. Is it doesn't? I don't think it makes sense for the reason he gives at the end of the episode, which is sort of a tidy little. Oh no, bruv! I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, feeling any way about your choices. I was just upset you lied to me, which is a valid reason to be upset. By the way, it's not that he's upset. I feel they used his character, put him out of character, of course, to make the, the make the viewer feel like he was a homophobe, that he was being bigoted by not touching. The hand thing was weird. Like he could do the team thing where they put all their hands thing and be touch him for a couple seconds if it was just that he got lied to. Um, I don't know. So 
I'll fight back on this one because I thought it was totally in character for him because he's very like cold and standoffish, especially when he doesn't like something. But when he's all in, like he goes above and beyond. Like when uh, Sam's restaurant got wrecked, mm -hmm. he's going out of his way and he's vocal, which usually he's not. He's very short and gruff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this would be a significant betrayal that, like, oh, you didn't trust me enough to tell me, like, oh, you don't like ladies? <laughs> um, I like how you put that. <laughs> oh. So I, I do think that he would be definitely standoffish and... The way that he acted at halftime um, should have led the viewer to realize there's something way more going on than Colin's uh, preferences and life partners. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it just felt like you were using characters. They're acting... We can, it's debatable. I can see it your way. I, I felt like in the moment they were acting a little bit of out of character just so that they could f tell a narrative, which like, listen, at the end of the day, Ted Lasso managed to, to do this in a much better way, in a much deeper way. And I will say they land on the right things. Okay. And they land on the right things, which is to say again, which they, we spent a lot of time talking about the last episode, that I don't need to agree with all the choices you make in your life to be able to love you and be in a relationship with you and to be a good friend. Word. And I think, I think they managed to, to bring the ship back to that, even if I think they kind of, boy, they just, they towed a line on this episode, which I feel Hollywood does a lot. Um, I, as we said, Isaac dealing with all this in his feelings gets upset at a heckling fan um, at halftime, because they're losing, they're down one one nil, as it were, or is it two nil? It's two nil. One. One nil. Well, whatever. And the fan says uh, the F word. No, not that one. The other one. Which I also thought was interesting, because I'm pretty sure that that's not the same thing in England. That's a cigarette. Um. So I need so I need a British person to confirm whether that's actually a slur there or just here or. I feel like just because of the American culture, heavily influences other cultures, that it would also be a derogatory term there, even if it didn't start off that way. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. Well, because of, but like, so a form of that word is still very much in usage, though, for cigarettes. Because yes. I've, I've heard people say it and it was like, you know, it takes a minute for your American mind to register, like, oh, that's not exactly the same as it is here. Quit smoking. <laughs> also, cigarettes suck. You yeah. shouldn't do that. They're not good for you. Um, but yeah, like, so we see Isaac's anger, we see him operating out of his feelings. Um, and again, like you see in that scene, why I think the line from Trent is really weird. And because Trent's normally very deeply thoughtful. Mm -hmm. 
and and not reactive. Trent's a guy not operating out of his feelings most of the time in any way. So uh, that was another reason. Like I was either really disappointed in the line, or I thought I thought that line was just something the writer threw in there to for his own feelings and not really thinking about the character. It's neither here nor there because it doesn't really bring down the episode. Um, so. Should we just talk about characters? I mean, there is a soccer game. Isaac gets There's thrown out. There's two soccer games. <laughs> Isaac gets thrown out at halftime. Colin's the hero after coming out to his teammates, who all accept him immediately. Yeah, although their wordage bothers Theodore. So then Theodore yes. has a great speech. <laughs> it's a great speech. I mean... Like this, this speech, I laughed quite a bit during this speech, but he talks about a friend who was a Denver Broncos fan in the middle of Chiefs country. We all know one. We do. There's all, there's one in every group, uh, but he ate and he, he had to watch two Super Bowls in the nineties that his team was in by himself because his friends quote, didn't care. Yeah. And then he ate an entire seven layer dip, which sounds like something I would do. Uh, it messed up his stomach. He he wrecked a bathroom, his parents' bathroom in the $9,000 worth of damage. <laughs> uh, watching his garbage team win two Super Bowls, which when he said that, I about fell out of my chair. I was like, yes. Yes, Ted. <laughs> I still haven't gotten over those two Super Bowls. Um, and then he says something that's really, and like this is, this is why even when there's some stuff in the episode, I'm like, ooh, that toes a line. I don't really like that. I don't like what they're saying there. They get it right in the end because he says we care about. He's talking to Colin now. He's like, after he tells the story, he says, we care about who you are and what you must have been going through. We do care. Yes. And again, it's not saying. And like, look, this is why I didn't like the Trent line. Um, the Trent line says. Well, let, let's talk about the, the Ted line first. The Ted line says that we care about who you are and what you must have been going through speaks nothing of Colin's choices. Mm -hmm. It says, um, look, I make a lot of bad choices or not bad choices, but I, I make choices you wouldn't make. You make choices I wouldn't make. It's not about that. I do care about what you're going through, how hard this must have been. Right. It's empathy first. Yes. Whereas the line Ted says or Trent says says, no, Isaac should affirm your choices right now, which is the difference between um, the, the cultural thing that I don't like, which is um, a lot of people want you to affirm all their choices immediately. And if you don't, you're a bigot. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all because I certainly make choices that you wouldn't make. Um, and... Evidently, there are nice British blokes that are smoking <laughs> that I clearly am not supporting their choice to smoke. Do you know how many people I love that have smoked cigarettes and still do? I love lots of people that smoke cigarettes. And I will say definitively on the air, it's the most disgusting thing ever. And I don't know why anybody would do it, but it does not affect the way I feel about the people that do that. Why? Because I don't have to affirm your choices to love you. Exactly. And that's the thing about the culture I don't like. And that's the thing about these kind of episodes that kind of worm their way in sometimes that I'm not a fan of. 
The good news is, is that line from Trent is, is about the biggest offense. Other than that, I think Ted Lasso gets it right. And so um, the show, that is, not, not the man, because he makes mistakes too. He, he doesn't always make the right choices, including not letting Mrs. Ledbetter off the phone, off the yes. Zoom call. And uh, he also had to apologize because he compared the LGBTQ community <laughs> to the Denver Broncos, Broncos fans. fans. Yeah, that was a fumble. That was a fumble, and I regret that. <laughs> but I laughed quite a bit. Uh, that was hilarious. And so they go out. They win the game thanks to Colin having an amazing second half. Uh, which Two is, assists. Yeah, which is awesome because it shows – it does multiple things. It makes it lets us feel good for Colin after this tense moment he has. This is what he's been worrying about the whole season. Yeah. Uh, was this point. And it happens. The teammate is – the team is fine. They They love him. And then he goes out and in total football – it can be anybody that steps up and is in the right position at the right time and makes a delivery, and this it gets to be Colin. He gets to be the hero, and that's great. Which I still say the commentators of the matches are really the heroes. They are underrated, and they remind me a lot of what made the uh, baseball movies in America here, very called Major League good. Uh, Bob Euchre gets criminally underlooked for the comedy that is present in those movies just as, a bit outside <laughs> as the announcer for the Cleveland Indians in those movies. And uh, yeah, these guys are like the British footballer versions of, of Bob Euchre and uh, yeah, they're pretty entertaining. Arlo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's all this going on with the team itself. That's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much the conceit with the team. Some of my favorite things with that storyline was uh, the kit man. Oh yeah. <laughs> when Roy is talking to Isaac Roy. Like, by the way, Roy gets several moments in this episode that are awesome. He does. And he's like, it shows his development as a character, the, the journey he's kind of going through. Uh, and he gets to tell Roy like, Hey, like clearly, this is not why you're really mad about the fan, but you need to you need to deal with it. And by the way, he's telling you something biblical. Get rid mm. of your anger. Um, and oh, this is later on. Oh, okay. I so, don't want to. So jump yeah, he's again. he's telling you something biblical by saying get rid of your anger. And is and he, what he tells Isaac is like because uh, whatever it is you do care about will be affected. And Roy's talking about. One, Isaac's situation, but also himself, which he's doing most of the episode, actually. Spoilers. Which I think elevates this episode to one of the better episodes of the season, just the Roy stuff. Even though the episode does not center on him really in any way. No. He gets yelled at. <laughs> he yells at some people. The comedic value of the scene where Rebecca comes into the, the weight room and yells at him. And then you think he's going to get mad because he's embarrassed by getting yelled at in front of the guys. And instead he goes into this whole. She said my butt was hairy and none of you stuck up for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my butt's not hairy. <laughs> he doesn't get mad that he that he sounds hurt. It's just hilarious. That was 
I was rolling on that one. Um, so yeah, he gets a lot of great moments in this episode. Uh, is there anything we want to say about the team? Um, so my wife's watching this episode with me and, um, in the locker room as Collins giving his speech at halftime, uh, Jamie, uh, speaks up, has some words of encouragement and support. And my wife looks at me and she's like, he has really grown a lot <laughs> since when the show first started. Cause she has not been watching religiously. Um, and so that continued, but also his, uh, like, like, do you want to give me the captain band? Yeah. To I or not to Isaac, but to Sam. And uh Sam's like, no. But then like he kinda oversteps Sam because Sam's rambling before they break for the second half. And Yeah. So he was a good support to Sam. Roy and yeah, Roy and um what's the word I'm looking for? I always for I always have problems with names, but um we were just talking about him. Isaac. Jamie. Jamie, Roy and Jamie, while they don't have a whole lot to do this episode, although Roy gets a little couple soliloquies, uh, Jamie's hilarious in a couple throwaway lines as well, because the scene where um, they're trying to decipher if Isaac is gay, like they're they're being led to the wrong conclusion. They're like, well, someone in this locker room must be. And they all look at Jamie and he like his reaction to that is hilarious. He's like, I'm flattered. (laughs) I'm flattered, and he gets this little smile on his face. <laughs> so I thought that was uh, hilarious. Uh, and again, speaks to someone who emotionally is in a pretty good place. He is. Where he was not at all during the first and second season. Because someone who, who is confident in their identity and who they are uh, doesn't take offense to someone suggesting an at or asking that they may be something else. Like, no, that's not me, but, you know, cool. <laughs> Glad you're thinking of me. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that Jamie had some good moments in this. Um, Jack and Keeley, that storyline, although we don't see Jack, uh, we get the antithesis of Isaac, right? This is a continuation of last week's question where when can we love someone despite of them making choices we don't agree with? Or wouldn't do. And in Jack's case, the answer is clearly no, because she messages. The only mention of Jack is she messages Keely and says she's going off to some foreign country for three months. She's in South America. (laughs) Um, But we did learn something very key about Keely. And this would be a huge character flaw if we were friends. Oh, She's an over-texter. Oh, yeah. She sent so many messages without a response. She says, quote, diarrhea of the fingers. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. No. Don't do it. Um, yeah, I felt bad for Keely in that moment. I felt sad for her. That was sad. Um, There's such a desperation in that. There is. And it was not a good look. And, girl, they, they don't deserve you. That wasn't very nice. (laughs) 
Um, but again, we see the antithesis of Isaac and Jack in this episode of the choice to, that, hey, I care about you, so I'm going to continue talking about you even though you've done something that I don't really jive with. Yeah. Um, so after the team wins, which they won. Mm-hmm. Way to go, team. Go, team. Um, Roy gets to do the press conference because he didn't do the presser before the game. Yes. And that's what he got yelled about. So um, at the press conference, um, I thought he handled that very beautifully. Yeah. Um, And his example, holy cow. Mm -hmm. Like that hit like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The idea. Well, he says... uh, he sums up what we what we've been trying to say so far in the episode. He says they're not just footballers, they're people. And none of us nuts know what's going on in each other's lives. So for Isaac to do what he did today, and this is key, even though it was wrong, i.e., he's saying, even though I don't agree with the choice he made, it was awful. He says it was bad. Yeah, and he said he's lucky he only got a red card. I give him love. Which At that point, I had to pause it, even though that was near the end of the episode, and be like, yes, yes. That's like, look, there were parts of this episode where I was worried. I was like, oh, no, where are they going with this? By the end of the episode and that line in particular, I was like, Ted Lasso gets it right again. They get it right again, right? We we can say, hey, I wouldn't do that. But it shouldn't change the way we treat people and react to people and 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 the, especially the people we have relationship with. And so like fans yelling slurs at games is something that happens a lot in America. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's not cool either. And like there's certain communities uh, that get labeled um, as hateful because there's some fans that vocalize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen athletes go up to fans and get in their faces um, because of those things. Um, we have seen athletes like actually physically attack fans, but usually there's something like being thrown at them as well um, in those situations. But um, yeah. Roy identifying hey, they're not just athletes, they're people. And just like the people in your life, you don't know everything they're going through. Um, And he lists out his example of when he first made it into football, 16-year-old kid uh, made a joke about potentially being the dad to one of the uh, teammates uh, who was about to have a baby, like, being uh, the father of the the child and uh, the teammate like beat the living snot out of him. He missed six games because mm-hmm. of the beating he took. The guy got fired. Couldn't his get, career was over. His career ended. Um, and then come to find out that a month earlier that his wife had a miscarriage and he hadn't told anyone. Yeah. The look on Keeley's face while he's telling this story says it all. Mm. She's clearly got tears. That that was emotional. And 
again, speaks to this idea of, which I love that the show kind of centered around this at the end. You just don't know what's going on in people's lives. Yeah, the guy at the Walmart who's cursing at his kids, you don't know what his life's like. Uh, the drive through person who was rude to you because you pointed out they messed up their order, you didn't see the people that yelled at him earlier in the day. You, we just don't know. We just don't know what's going on uh, in these people's lives, and we should deal with, with each other with more compassion first uh, before that. Um, I think... I think it's very he's very eloquent about the sports thing. That's something that bothers me. I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I love to go into Kansas City Chiefs games, but I don't take my kids. I would love to take my kids to a Chiefs game at Arrowhead Stadium, but I don't because I don't want to expose them to the atmosphere that has gotten worse over the over time, I feel like, uh, with drunk people yelling whatever they want to yell. And there's, I love that he says that in the press conference. He says, you know, I get that people pay for a ticket and some of them think that it gives them the right to, to yell whatever they want to yell, that these guys deserve it. And uh, I, I love that he's, he says they, it doesn't, that's messed up, right? You don't know what the, then he tells the story. And uh, so I appreciated all that. I really loved that because right on, you shouldn't be able to yell whatever you want at another human being. Yeah. That's not cool. It's hateful. Knock it off. Over a game. Like yeah. that stuff happens all the time. I see that all I, I grew up in uh, Lawrence loving KU basketball. And I actually worked in the uh, athletics department for a little while. So I got to be around it. And yeah, the things people yell and say about like, you know, 19, 20 year old kids. It's just insane. Like that you completely forget because you're so into the sport, you completely forget that they're human beings. Fan is often short for fanatic. Yeah. And in England, it's it's whew, they even have another word, hooligans. Yes. Uh so yeah, I, I loved that. I loved everything about that. And then um the 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 sentiment at the end. I just want to call attention to that again because I think that's what it's all about. It's like, hey, I don't agree with Isaac did today, but I give him love because you don't you don't know what's going on with him. All right. Anything else with the team? Should we move on to Nate and Rupert? Um, yeah, if we're circling back to Colin and Isaac at the end. Okay, well, no, no, no. Let's, let's get all the Colin and Isaac stuff out. Okay. Yeah, so, go ahead. Like, they... Isaac shows up at Colin's house at the very end of mm -hmm. the episode. And uh, right as the sun's going down and um, the Bible talks about, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm -hmm. And we find out Isaac's been upset the whole time because Colin didn't trust him with this information. Thought that, Colin must have thought that he would be a bigot about it and yada, yada. And Colin's like, no, I've been wrestling with like how I feel about like coming out about this for however long and yeah. nothing about you. And uh, they decide that they're going to play some FIFA together. Yeah. Well, and again, I think the distinction that the show is making is I don't have to affirm everything about your life. 
in order for you to know that I care about you. And I, I love what happens at the end there when Colin says, I love you. And, and he just kind of nods his head, does Isaac and Colin's like, you can't say it. Can you? He's like, no, but you know, I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is so beautiful. And so like, like that there's something they do make like in that scene, even in that line, there's a little bit of like Isaac has kind of a fear of Colin's choices, right? That even saying the words, I love you is something that's either not man, like, you know, not Isaac can't do it. It's, it's probably not because he's, you know, uh, anti saying, I love you to a man, uh, because it's a man, but more about him. And it's like a macho thing. It's, I would say it's more of male stereotypes. Yeah. Men don't show emotion, which is not good, but at least Isaac's painted as a real person who's making the choice to say, Hey, I care about you. Yeah. And I like that. I dig that. Um, Nate and Rupert, we've been talking all season about how I think Rupert's the devil and he literally like just pops in like the devil in this episode. He does. I was, I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme watching the show, like holding my drink. Oh, look what he did. <laughs> he just, he just pops in on him slash his linguistic ability to pick up the dialect. Yeah. That's nuts. Where people are from is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so Oh, where to begin? So he's super condescending, although charmingly condescending with uh, Nate and his girlfriend, Jade, Jade, uh, who he later like completely tell says a different name intentionally. I think Rupert's not a dumb guy. He would have remembered her name. Yeah. Because when you have that kind of charm, you remember names. I have no charm. Terrible with names. That's the correlation. Right. <laughs> is it is it a false correlation? Maybe, but we'll move on. Um, he is totally like, I mean, he is really the devil in this story now as he's trying to like just corrupt Nate, whereas Nate's turning around. And like, look, am I completely happy with the Nate storyline? No. He's turned too quickly. We don't get to see more of the process or what makes him turn, what makes him like realize it. What do you think is going to happen here? Do you think, uh, well, so he goes out on a guy's night with Rupert, which his girlfriend is fine with, you know, they're going to have their both. I was not fine with it as soon as the question was asked. No, we all knew the viewer knew what was happening here. Uh, Nate finds out, but when immediately when he sees what's happening, he excuses himself. With a made-up malady. Um, Which I think Rupert sees 100% through. Yes, absolutely. That's why he quickly turns around and just heads on over to the girls. Question. Do you think Rupert fires Nate or Nate resigns? Mm. It may happen next episode, whichever one. I think that Rupert will turn up the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, which might cause Nate to do the resigning. Yeah. I think Nate's going to resign. I think he's going to leave of his own volition because he, yeah, either I hope, I don't know. I kind of want him to just walk, do it on his own as we see the, you know, his character come through. Um, he's a people pleaser. 
He is. Uh, because we see him trying to say the right things to Rupert, even though he we know he doesn't he doesn't feel that way. And Rupert doesn't care about him. No, and he, like the body bag statements where he's trying to sound like this, you know, vicious, you know, coach guy who, like, we're gonna kill him. We're gonna do this. Um, there's an interesting scene where he's about to offer Rupert some baklava. Yes. Who then? Before he can even get it out, helps himself. And there's a moment of realization there, like, yeah, he, this dude's not cool. This, so I wondered in that moment, we keep seeing these little moments where uh, Nate seems to be clear. And at some point, Nate right now are still people pleasing. I wonder if next episode we're going to see Nate say, hey, that's not cool. You're not a, you're not very, you're not a very good guy. Um. If he says that, that might lead Rupert to act hastily. But with Rupert being a successful businessman slash having a team that's doing better than yeah. Rebecca's team, it's really tough to, to fire someone. Well, that's the rub, isn't it? Because he knows if he fires Nate, he's going to go right back to Richmond. Mm-hmm. And he's in first place. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to fire him. Nate's going to have to resign. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where that's going. Uh, anything else in this episode that we need to hit on? A Beard doing the press conference was hilarious. <laughs> Although I don't know if Beard has ever been more wrong to compare Joe Walsh and Jimmy Plant. Um, a, I loved it because <laughs> Joe Walsh is from Wichita. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. Look. There will be no Joe Wall slander on this <laughs> on this pod, but it's Jimmy Plant. <laughs> and then I love that Rebecca was like the guy from Cream. <laughs> and that Leslie gives her makes fun of her about it. She, I, I panicked. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else there. We need really to talk about unless um, you have something. Otherwise, I do have something I would I want to end our show with. The I like the like how much we get from the reporters and <laughs> like Roy's new nicknames for them. He new drops, Trent, old Trent. I prefer you to old Trent. He calls one of the report. He makes a labyrinth reference, which is just. <laughs> Bonkers. This show dropped so many old school references. And when he called that lady the Goblin King, <laughs> I, it was another moment. This episode, even though like there were times where I was worried about it, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this is going to be an episode I like. I fell out of my chair laughing a few times. Just a hilarious episode. Um, so Leah laughed at that. And uh, I'm like... This is kind of sad that there's only going to be a few more episodes oh, left. And she's like, well, what about next season? I'm like, no, this is the last season. She's like, what? Hey, and she's just getting back into the show again. I've rewatched season one and two. And I will say this. I think this whole show is a very rewatchable show. This will probably be one of those shows where I come back and revisit quite a bit. I will be totally sad when it's over, though. Um, this is like two thirds of the reason I still have an Apple TV subscription, right? Um, let's talk about this from the Atlantic, this guy for the Atlantic, his name's, um, David Sims is the Atlantic. Does that lean liberal? 
I don't know. I kind of thought it did, which surprised me about this because this guy for the Atlantic, um, the headline, Ted Lasso has lost its way. He says this, and, and, and I'll give you some time to react. I'll, I'll say something and then I'll let you react. I'll just, I just kind of want to think, see where like you're at. Trent with this. says, I don't need time to react. <laughs> the first season of Ted Lasso earned its massive hype. It was a well-constructed workplace sitcom that built out its central character's leadership strengths step-by-step, methodically depicting how Ted's emotional intelligence more than makes up for his lack of tactical acumen. He goes on, Sims goes on, the show's propensity for niceness was radical and surprising, somehow allowing it to generate laughs while dodging conflict. Ted's guileless charm is often mistaken for stupidity, and there was a real sense of discovery for the audience in seeing him win over his colleagues. However, in the subsequent season, the show began to show signs of bloat, increased runtimes, growing plot lines. And now in season three, the show's supplementary characters have all become the stars of their own show. Ted Lasso is no longer a workplace sitcom, but a universe of workplace sitcoms drifting from a football club to an upstart PR firm to another more evil football club to a pair of local restaurants. Scenes are devoid of jokes and filled with dopey, self-important monologuing on the issues of the day. You agree with that? Um, I mean, literally, there's very few shows that are quote-unquote self-contained. Like, I, I feel that Cheers takes place in the bar the whole time. But, like... It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which kind of has the same makeup that they own a bar. It takes place outside the bar quite a bit. Um, The Office, literally Jim goes to another branch that gets shut down and then has to come back. Um, And then there's branches shutting down all around them. And uh, like, so that commentary, like there's very few shows that just stay within like for Ted Lasso would have been the the field or the locker room. You mentioned Cheers. There's literally Gary's bar who they have a rivalry with. The yes. evil bar. <laughs> like, no, no, this seems pretty standard for a sitcom. And I don't know if it's its own universe. Uh, if the if the issue would have been, I guess that there's not enough Ted in Ted Lasso this season. I would say you might be right. Because I do enjoy mm-hmm. whenever Ted's on screen. But um, I also thoroughly enjoy having multiple characters that I now care about. Um, besides it just being Ted, Roy, and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Now, Rebecca's someone that I genuinely care about. Leslie is a wild card, and you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Beard's hilarious. Um, Isaac and Sam and even Colin's character has come to life. Uh, Danny suffers a little bit this season. So if you would have said there needs to be more Ted and Danny... Yeah, then we could have a discussion. But this seems kind of ridiculous. I have seen more Ted Lasso hate this season, like on Twitter and the socials, than I expected. And I've just wondered about it because the reasons they're giving 
I don't feel are super valid. Like, look, you know, there's the can, you know, there's the political people who say, well, I don't like the storylines because, it, you know, they're dealing with this. They say it's woke. Right. Which. So I also wonder if it's just a sign of the times that like we are too engrossed in being, I guess, political activists or socially aware and like people whenever like for me i think the show has handled it as it just being like oh these are rights of decency yeah. just being a decent yeah. human well, being yeah 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 let's be really clear the message they're sending this is not wokeness okay the saying that colin isaac even ted beard that they all make choices that i wouldn't do and, 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 and saying the message being we're going to care about them anyways, that's not woke. That's, that's actually a biblical message. Bi Christians get hung up on this all the time because they, they all speak the truth and love thing where they wrongly determine that that means, oh, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, but I'm going to do it lovingly. Oh, Cody, I just want to tell you that your looks have been a problem. I hope you don't take this the wrong way because I'm delivering it lovingly. No, no, that's not what that means at all. Um, it actually means that Cody has to be 100% sure that I care about him. There can be no doubt in Cody's mind that I care about him before I start talking about how his looks are a problem. The, the <laughs> giant tattoo of a dragon on my back strikes again. The funny thing about this is Cody is like, you know, 10 times as handsome as I am. I'm comfortable enough to say that. I don't even have a dragon <laughs> tattoo. But like the point of the show, the whole point of the episode was not. Mm -hmm. It's not agreeing with people's choices, affirming them. It's, hey, how about we just get past all that? Understand we're all different and make different decisions and choices. Things that we wouldn't each other do. But we care about people anyways. How about we do that? Yeah. Um yeah, that that article, it, yeah, that feels let, out of yeah. We're going long, so let me tell you his last line here, okay? Because this will be the kicker. He says this: the show isn't incapable of being insightful, even in its latest, most pretentious form, but it has stopped being as funny, which for me was its primary reason for existing. Hard disagree. I laughed harder in this episode than maybe the last couple episodes. I thought this episode was hilarious. Um, so, I, I felt that the show goes through stretches where there's episodes that are just laugh out loud funny, and then there's episodes that push the, the narrative and the character building along and aren't as hilarious. So, mm -hmm. I, I don't see any difference between season one, season yeah. two, or season three in the far in the way of like the storytelling and jokes. I actually quite like the balance personally. Uh, in fact, I thought at a, f a few times in this season they've been a little too jokey. You have said that. Yeah. Um, all right. Bonus speed round. Who's the winner of the Who's the winner of the episode for you? Roy. Agree. Roy's awesome in this episode. Which is amazing because the episode's not about him in any way. But it kind of is. It is. And that's great writing, by the way. 
That's mm-hmm. absolutely stellar writing. So uh, even though I said I accused the writers of getting a little saucy with a couple lines of dialogue earlier in this thing, I will give them credit and say this is still one of the best things on TV. It is. And that's because of the writing. Uh, who's the loser of the episode? I have avoided seeing this person for several weeks now. It's Keely. Yeah, poor Keely. Um, primarily because she's an overtexter. <laughs> I'm going to go with Bumbercatch, who seems it's unanimous, is the most fit guy on the team. Yes. And poor, poor guy doesn't get any screen. We, don't, we know nothing about Bumbercatch. And he's really interesting. <laughs> he seems to have a real, uh, you know, deep hold on global politics and, and historical things. Uh, judging by the couple throwaway uh, lines of dialogue he's had, he's hilarious. Uh, but I want more. I want more bumper catch. Can we get this guy a storyline? Nope. Nope. The Atlantic would be very disappointed. <laughs> uh, how many mustaches out of ten? Eight. I'm also going to give it an eight. I thought it was a good episode. Good episode. All right. What did you guys think of the episode? Uh, are you sad that this show is about over? If you are, don't talk about it too much because I don't want to cry. Please and thank you. Uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and hey, let's let's take the message of this episode and this show this season, in fact, to heart to say that, hey, I don't have to live my life the same way as other people to be able to care about them and have empathy for them. That's a great message. That's where we're at with you. We love this community. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, we'll tell you to you know follow our socials, share our posts. That helps make the community bigger. And that's what we want. We want more people in our community so we can share the love uh, with each other, share our love of geek things and so on. So thank you very much. We'll see you soon.